drinking too Sipping and roasting is what we do Light them up, drink them down Whiskey and cigars all around Cheers, y'all Well, 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 well Ooh, That's the sound of a party Welcome, ladies and gentlemen to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, Mom. as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Nice to be back after a little break. We are on show number 296. It's halfway to 333. Yeah, it is, and we're excited because at 333, we're doing our big anniversary celebration. Yes. So that's going to be a, a really fun and really exciting program, and it's going to be really long, and I can't wait for it <laughs> so i wonder if anyone actually made it through watching all four hours of our 100th anniversary uh, oh, celebration Lord. show i doubt that's, it yeah that's crazy i, I never that's watched the entire time. thing yeah. i watched part of it but i watched the whole thing uh when uh uh, when this guy started talking about the proper ways to clean out beverage lines, uh, yeah, that's when I checked oh, out. Yeah, they lost yeah. me. Thankfully, Jeremiah and Mark yeah, were like thankfully on and that, on about that. that. wasn't until late in the uh, in the program. <laughs> so, well, welcome to our show today. We're going to talk about a couple of really exciting things, or or, or maybe not. Uh, our topic for today has drinking lost its cool. A new article suggests what? that drinking is no longer cool. What? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know it was cool, but apparently it was, and now it's not. So. I don't. I don't believe this article. First off, I was never, never asked about this subject. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, you'll be asked about it today. So. And if I feel like if they didn't ask me if right. drinking was lost, it's cool, then they have no street cred. They have no street cred at all. Well, you'll have a chance to weigh in on this. I can promise you that, because uh, we'll be talking about that today. Plus, uh, I got back from a uh, Labor Day trip to uh, Washington, D.C., to that? see uh, Adam in the cloud and his lovely wife, Brianna. You and went to was, the cloud? Yes, I went to the cloud. <laughs> it was kind of like I made the journey, the sojourn to the cloud. <laughs> and uh, we actually had a lot of fun. Uh, Adam and I uh, got to visit other half brewers in nice. Washington, D.C. We've had some of their beers on the show yeah. before. Uh, so we did a segment there, and we'll uh, play that back for I you on today's to show. It. So we're looking forward to that. And, uh, of course, we'll be talking about cigars to watch for. There's some pretty cool new stuff coming out. We'll be uh, drinking, uh, even though it's apparently not cool anymore. Uh, we'll be drinking some interesting It's cool things. as long as I say it's cool. All right. Well, I think you're going to think this Saloon Door Brewing uh, Texas Lager beer is cool. It's called Kima Suprema. I haven't had that one. I've been to Saloon Door. It's, yeah, it's a yeah. cool little place. And it's a, it's a pretty cool name, too. Kima Suprema. Kima Suprema. I, I like that. Yeah, so that's cool, at least. They're in Webster, Texas. We'll be trying that Texas lager. And then Brewdog Brewing, which we both are big fans of. Brewdog, oh, yeah. they're the guys that do the Elvis juice, right? Yes. Which we both are, are big fans fantastic. of. Mm -hmm. Well, they have a, a new hazy IPA. Uh, that comes from their brewery in Ellen, Scotland, called Fellowship, and it is all Lord of the Rings themed. Nice. So I don't know if you're watching the new uh, Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. I watched as, the first as, episode. As a person of it. who's read the series many, yeah. many times, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The Hobbit many, many yeah, times, yeah. The Silmarillion. A couple times, yeah, because that's a bit of a dry read. Yeah, woo, baby. <laughs> uh, I watched the first episode and I fell asleep about two thirds through. So it's interesting because Keegan and I were talking about that before the show, and that was what he said. Too. I mean, it, it got it, to a point of boredom that I was just like, "It was okay. It was that's, definitely that's beautiful, but the action moved very slowly." Now, 
that's only the first episode. That's all I've watched. So, uh, and and I am less of a fantasy person than I am a science fiction person. So I, I like a, spaceships. I'm that a shoot at huge each other, fan you know? of Tolkien and, and, yeah. and that whole series. The problem I have is what they did to the Hobbit. The Hobbit was such an absolute crap fest. Um, Talking about the movie, yeah, oh, okay. the three movies out of the smallest book. Yeah, I mean that book was uh, uh, less than a third the size of any one of the other books. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings, and then they trilogy. made three movies out of it, so they could make three times the amount of money. Yeah, well, they invented an entire subplots, turned it into romance, and absolute made total crap out of a children's book. Yeah, well, because The Hobbit was basically a children's book, so absolute crap. So I, I'm a little skittish when it comes to that now because, like, after that fiasco, I'm like, wow, um, I, I don't know if I want to get into it. I have read that this, um, this new series on Amazon is the most expensive streaming series ever produced. Um, the visuals are, yeah, the visuals pretty are amazing, pretty but, stunning, yeah, but yeah. yeah, the plot line and everything going on. Like at least for the first episode, I fell asleep. Okay, well, are you going to try any more? Or are you done? Maybe. Okay, if I need a nap. Well, we will try the we'll beer see. today for sure. It's the Fellowship Hazy IPA from Brewdog Brewing, and then from uh, Lions, Colorado, and also Austin, Texas. They have breweries in both cities. Oscar Blues will try their Ten Fifty Imperial Stout. Have you had Ten Fifty? Oh yeah. Okay, so that's uh, that's another one that we'll be doing on the show. Plus. A seven-year oak-aged rum called Star, S-T-A-R-R, from Mauritius, which is an island off the coast of Africa. Star. With two R's. With two R's. Gangstar. Like Gangstar, exactly. I think I just dated myself. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) I dated myself a lot in high school. No no girls would go out with me. So, So, you know, it was like um, Yeah. Uh, And, of course, we'll have our our most popular uh, segment of the program. We'll be bringing you drinking news as well. Our drinking news teaser headline for today's show... It ain't heavy, it's machinery. Oh, I like that one. That one was fancy. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a fancy it's kind of a show. Trill. Today. It's a fancy kind of show today. I, I like it. So uh, it's been a, a pretty interesting uh, week. It's been a couple of weeks since we did a show. We took the week off for the holiday, and, uh, and so it's it's nice to uh, be back in the studio. Uh, be back with you um, next uh, uh, two weeks from today. We will be talking with a master distiller of an Irish whiskey. So that's going to be uh, something to look forward to. I know you're a fan of the Irish whiskey. Ah. Yeah. So, yes. so we'll get to that. More details coming up on that. But we're really, really excited about that. And thanks, by the way, to our uh, uh, guest for the last uh, show that we did, uh, who is the bar consultant and mixologist and cigar lover, Roberto Rivas Villar. He was a lot of fun. Uh, made the very enthusiastic. Yeah, made the uh, the awesome uh, margaritas. That was a crazy good yeah. margarita. Yeah, it really was. So we are. Uh, so we appreciate him coming on the show and uh, and hooking us up. That was a, a lot of fun. So. Uh, so how was your week, man? You, uh, you it's been man, two weeks. It's been, <laughs> you know? it was good actually. Yeah. I had a a busy week this last week, but uh, pretty good overall. I got a few cigars in, so I'm pretty happy about that. Anything you want to tell us about? Anything special? Nope. Okay. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Thanks for coming to the show, <laughs> folks. We'll see you next. Good week. night. We'll see you later. Goodbye. Uh, click and phones don't even make that sound anymore. No, they so I don't. just dated myself the, the, again. <laughs> you know, there's so many things like that. Like, like uh, somebody just, was we're so normal me, that don't exist. Somebody was telling me this the other day. If you were telling me a story, and in part of the story you were talking about being on the phone, 
and you made a hand motion to kind of like illustrate it, then you would probably do something like this. So I was on the phone with the guy and I'm telling him, no, stop. Don't don't do it that way. Do it the way I showed you. Right. right? Only the thing is, we do that because we're old. See what if you talk to someone who is younger and they were telling the same story, they'd be like, so I told him, no, no, don't do that. You're 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 not going to or, or, or like this. Right. Like because that's how they that's how use the phone. the phone. Right. 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 This is old. This is old school. It's almost like you ever watching like a show set in the past and they dial the rotary phone. Oh, yeah. And you're like, oh, that's so old. Well, I guess remember what? the rotary phone. A phone. That I am you so even old. Do this for you. Or, yeah. Yeah. We're all old. <laughs> it's just the way it is. Anyway, I uh, remember when you only had to dial seven numbers. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and uh, and had the rotary phone. Yeah. You go, and you have a, yeah. a low number. And remember what a big deal it was when you got your first push button phones? They had those ones that were shaped kind of like a, a crescent. Right. And the buttons were in the middle, and you're like, beep, 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 beep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and we're both really old. I don't know why we even went down that path. What but, is uh, happening to us? But, uh, okay, old man, do you have anything you uh, smoked that was interesting this well, week? Well, I'm looking on my phone. Yes, right. Uh, and I'm reading. My review. So. <laughs> okay, it. that was a visual. I'm not even going to explain that yeah. for those of you that aren't that aren't watching this. But uh, it was funny. Just laugh, laugh along, laugh along. Trust him. It was funny. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Man of War. Oh, very interesting. Man of War. Uh, I believe that Man of War you can only get online. I'm uh, not entirely sure. I don't think I've I'm, ever I'm, seen them in stores. I've Are seen they in Diesel stores? in stores. I'm diesel, not yes. sure. I'm not sure. I don't know. That, that I may, could be wrong on it. May in mean, fact be. Yeah. I, I, I kind of remember only seeing one. They're made by AJ uh, Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was the Man of War Abomination. 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 Not Abomination. That was a few years back. Um, this was the Abomination. This was the Toro <laughs> six by fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rapper San Andreas uh, Maduro rapper Habano Binder and Nicaraguan filler. That's about mm-hmm. all the information I found on that. Made in okay. AJ Fernandez factory. Um, the appearance, rich, dark chocolate in color, oily, smooth, firm overall feel, dark red and black label. You'll see it in the picture right here. Uh, it's really actually a, a pretty intriguing looking cigar because mm-hmm. it is dark and and it's menacing looking. Menacing looking, yes. It's <laughs> yeah. got that helmet on it and everything. Uh-huh. Um, it's a uh, man of war. <laughs> it's a man of war, yes. Uh, the uh, pre-light sniff on this earth, leather, coffee, and a little hint of chocolate in the background. The um, pre-light draw, I used a clip. It had a medium draw on it. Uh, sweet, dark chocolate, leather, spicy on the lips, earth, and a hint of coffee. The initial light on this. Nicaraguan pepper blast, baby. Big. Big, big. Big, Not surprised. Spicy. Not surprised. Uh, big spicy smoke happening. Uh, nutty and coffee. Retro hail is peppery and woody with tons of leather. The first third of the cigar, nutty and spicy. Underlying sweetness and coffee going on. Chocolate and strong cinnamon at the end of the palate. Um, I'm going to go ahead and give you a spoiler. This might be the most cinnamony, uh, spicy cigar I think I've ever had. So that's interesting because my expectation would be that it would be big and peppery. 
not necessarily there is a lot of pepper but there's a lot of that cinnamon like like the the, the hot cinnamon fireball kind right of thing. like those like, toothpicks that you used to get right when you were a kid. right yeah mm. so uh big cedar and leather linger long after each puff uh full strength and spice like definitely full strength this one doesn't start off going hmm i wonder where i'm at this is like <laughs> a full strength it declares itself right from in the, the beginning gut, yes. yep yep uh retro has peppery and nutty and cedar with a kiss of coffee um Apparently, I wrote two retro hills mm. that pretty much say the same thing. Uh, solid ash, perfect burn. And how about the other retro hill? How did that go? Retro hill is cedar and spice and uh, nutty. <laughs> so, there we go. Okay. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, the, uh, uh, the second third of the cigar, uh, strong pepper and cedar backed by leather and sweet coffee, hints of chocolate, earth, and a nutty under undertone, followed by leather and cinnamon to create a very complex experience. Big, satisfying smoke billows unceasingly forth from this offering. Uh, retrohale is cinnamon and cedar. Solid ash, perfect burn. And when I say solid ash, the first ash lasted the first third of the cigar. Mm -hmm. And then I tipped it. So that I didn't drop it on myself, but it was mm -hmm. the kind of like, like I tapped it on the side of the ashtray a couple of times and it didn't budge. So I actually had to like put wow. the ash in the bottom and kind of, kind of break, break it, it off. off. Yeah. Wow. That is a solid <laughs> you know, ash. Like, the, uh, wow. the second, uh, ash that I did was the second third of the cigar. You'll see that in this picture over here. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, the third ash was was pretty much the rest of the cigar. The third third of the cigar, the final third of the cigar, pepper backs off slightly, oddly enough, uh, towards the end of the cigar. Dry cedar and leathery, leathery notes lead the charge, followed by chocolate, nurse, cinnamon, uh, and a sweet nuttiness bring up the rear along with a lingering spicy aftertaste. Uh, retrohale is cedar and nutty with pepper. Solid ash, perfect burn. Nice. So... Um, the price to quality is a little weird on this one. Okay. Because this cigar costs $9-ish yeah. um, if you buy it. Like online, most of the time, like it's a five-pack or $45, I think. Mm -hmm. um, but we got it on Cigar Bid. Me and a buddy of mine oh. bid on some. So on Cigar Bid, we paid $30 for 10 of them. So that makes them three bucks a piece. It's a $3 cigar. Okay, price to quality is So I have two price that. to quality. Fair cigar. enough, fair enough. If I paid full pop for this, and I did not, but if I did, I would give this a five. Okay. This is so you a get big, what you for. bold, ridiculous cigar. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Fernandez blend. It's fantastic. It smoked great. The uh, the burn was good. I mean, it's just it's hard to go wrong with it. At three dollars a cigar, this is an eight. An eight? Wow, yes. that's a big At number. Three dollars a cigar. Right, that's right. one third. So what you're saying is, if you can find this on like a cigar auction site or something and pay about that for it, yes, make sure grab you it, like grab it, grab it. Big full-bodied cigars, mm -hmm. though, because mm -hmm. if you don't like big full-bodied cigars, you will not be happy. This thing is huge. It is not. Uh, it's not gentle, light, or even close to medium. It right, is right. full, full, full. It's so, the real deal. Yes. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, interestingly enough, um, I I guess it's AJ week here on the show because <laughs> I, I I know this has come as a big surprise to you, right? But I smoked an AJ Fernandez cigar for my uh, uh, little uh, cigar notes here for the show this week as well. I've reviewed quite a few of AJ's blends, uh, but this is one that for some reason I've never smoked until now. Uh, it is the AJ Fernandez New World. Puro Especial. Okay. And I had the Gordo. Is that the one with the green label? No, it's got... Okay, so interesting thing. It's got a, a reddish label. Okay. Uh, plus the usual gold and, and brown uh, of the New World. But it has uh, gone undergone a, a, a rebranding 
and remarketing change. And so now it uses the fresh ones, the new ones use all these sort of brown, earthy tones and look very much yeah. like the other one. Now, mine was one of the red band okay. ones. Uh, so it came from an older batch, but uh, that's okay because it's probably aged a little longer. Uh, it was a very nice looking cigar, dark uh, colored chocolate, uh, dark chocolate colored wrapper. Uh, smooth and round, unlike most of the other New World smokes, which are box-pressed. Right, right. And this one is round. Uh, it measured six inches long with a 60 ring gauge. That's a little bit fatter than the cigars that I usually mm -hmm. smoke, but uh, I gave it a shot. And I mentioned the uh, the marketing redesign. Uh, it, the new band is more neutral. It's an earthy-looking brown band. And the box, by the way, the box uh, for these was red, uh, but the new box is, is brown. Uh, anyway, uh, the tobacco is the same. There's not been a blend change. It's right, just a, just the, just a just the labels. band and, and a label change. Yeah. Uh, and so that tobacco, by the way, consists of a Nicaraguan Habano wrapper, a Nicaraguan Habano binder, and Nicaraguan filler tobacco, all grown on AJ's farms, thus the Puro Especial, as it's a right. Nicaraguan uh, Puro. Uh, I was struck by an almost overwhelming earthiness from the pre-light sniff and draw. I mean, it was just earth, earth, earth. And it made me think that if you're like, just how do I learn to detect, you know, uh, what different notes are and stuff in a cigar, especially before it's lit. This is what you might want to get because this is just so unmistakably earth, earth yeah. that it'll, 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 okay, yeah, I see that. Yeah, once and you get it, you get once it. Once you get it, you yeah. understand that. And then if it shows up in another cigar, maybe not as, you know, and not as prevalent, you still might be able to pick it out. But anyway, uh, it is earthy. Uh, I'd seen the cigar described as being a little lighter in body than the other cigars in the New World line. Uh, but it totally delivered the Nicaraguan pepper blast when I lit it right up off the bat. and took the first few puffs. Once that settled down, here came that earth and a leather note that uh, really worked well in the overall blend. White pepper and a nutty note were also uh, detectable during the first third. I picked up a kind of a charred wood note and some cocoa powder in the second third, and that earthiness really continued, really throughout the whole cigar. Uh, I really enjoyed that charred note. It added a really very nice complexity to the uh, New World Puro Especial. The final third, it didn't change much. Maybe got a little note of coffee bean on the retrohale, uh, but the complexity of the cigar was consistent all the way through, as well as a rich uh, creaminess that kind of established itself right around the halfway point. Mm -hmm. Construction was spectacular. Uh, the burn wasn't razor straight, but very, very close to that. Uh, no burn issues of any kind while it smoked, no relights. The ash was solid and held on very nicely. I flicked it off at about an inch and a half in because I very much liked the shirt I was wearing at the time, <laughs> right. and I didn't want to tempt fate too much. But uh, I found the New World Puro Especial to be very much medium to full bodied, maybe a touch less full than the standard New World line, but m more complex and very consistent throughout. Nice, thick smoke. Smoking time was almost an hour and a half on the Gordo. Wow. So it was a really nice, long smoke. Um, I've already, of course, admitted to being an AJ fanboy, but cigars like this are one of the reasons why for me. Uh, I smoked a, a different brand yesterday. Just, I'm not even going to say what brand it was. It was just a different brand of cigar uh, that comes in at about the same price point as this one. And there's just no comparison between it and the AJ. The AJ is just so much more complex, delivers so much more flavor, and maybe it's just my palate. It could very well be. It's just This Man, is just what works for me. That guy is just on fire, though. He really like, is. He, he really like, is. He's, he's like... 
He's like the rock star of the industry right now. Yeah, the the difference in complexity was completely very, very noticeable. I think that AJ knocks a lot of other cigars in this price uh, range completely out of the park, and he does it with most of his blends, at least as far as uh, my palate goes. So at nine to ten dollars a stick, same general price range as where you were. Mm-hmm. Uh, the New World Puro Especial delivers big time. Recommended. Thumbs up. PDQ of six point five. Uh, just a very, very good cigar. And it, honestly, I might not have rated it that aggressively if I hadn't had another one. It was The other one was, a, was supposed to be a very nice cigar, very boutique, had been given to me by a good friend, and I smoked it uh, on, on Sunday. And it, you know what? It's no comparison. There's no comparison. Yeah, just no comparison. For those of you joining us uh, that don't know about our price to quality, uh, it's a one to ten scale. And at five, you get exactly what you're paying for if you mm-hmm. go below five. You maybe paid a little more for the quality then. So uh, yeah, smoke. so when you get into around a ten dollar cigar, yep. to get more than That's a five is, is a really is a really big yeah. thing. Now you mentioned on your cigar that you wound up getting it online for three dollars, and at three dollars you gave it an eight. That's how that's how good of a deal that was. Yeah, based on and what it you was got. a good cigar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's not like it's not the same thing if you have a ten dollar cigar and you give it an eight, right? I mean, that literally means I would pay twenty five dollars for right, this and right. never bat an eye, right? Or something like that. But I mean, like when you get a deal on uh, some cigars, like the cigar bid things, sometimes you find some great deals on mm-hmm. that. Uh, I will tell you, you always got to if you do on those cigar bid things, if you do get some cigars off of there, and a lot of times when you get them online, it's good to let them sit in your humidor a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, just because uh, you get cigars that sometimes are over humidified or under humidified, and you let it sit in your humidor for just a couple of weeks, it'll generally level out. Cool, cool. Well, uh, a couple of good cigars today and a couple of AJs. So there you go, AJ <laughs> figuring in big once again. AJ, on the show. you now win the honor of sponsoring one of our shows. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we'll send you the paperwork. That's right. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, going to take a little visit to Other Half Brewing in Washington D.C. Adam in the cloud Did and you I went. Bring this week. an other half for us uh, to try. Uh, I know, but I have some beers on the way, my friends. So, <laughs> uh, tell you about them coming up. It is smoking and toasting, and we'll be right back. Smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. This is show mm, number two hundred and ninety six. We'll be talking about whether or not drinking has lost its cool. Uh, that has what? been suggested by someone, but they didn't talk to Ian, so uh, you know the jury's really still out on this. So yeah, yeah, mean, we'll we'll get to that. I promise. What kind of credibility uh, do you have? Then? Yeah, exactly. Got some cigars uh, for you to watch for. EP Carrillo goes green with one of their new. Uh, releases, so we'll tell you about that coming up. Uh, but right now, we want to uh, bring to you a special segment uh, that uh, was recorded uh, last week in uh, Washington D.C. Uh, with Adam and the Cloud and myself. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Cruz. Cruz, take it away. Thanks, Cruz. And by the way, you should totally take over the show and just dump that other guy. Uh, it's uh, Smoking and Toasting. We are live in uh, Washington D.C. As a matter of fact, and it's a rare Smoking and Toasting appearance by our producer, Adam in the Cloud. Adam, welcome. Thank you. And uh, cheers to you. Cheers. We're at Other Half Brewery. We've had some of their beers on the show before. This is my first time to visit. Have you been here before? First time. All right, so this is pretty exciting. Uh, We've had their sort of flagship IPA on the show before, but today Adam's tasting a Pils, and I'm tasting one of their 
uh, slightly wow. off menu, not really off menu, but they're really one of their very different creative uh, IPAs. So let's start with the Poetry Snaps. This is yep. what you. Uh, yeah, this is apparently one of their flagships. Uh, they said this one and one of their IPAs. They have a whole bunch of IPAs, so I wasn't in the mood for IPAs, so I went, went ahead and got the uh, the Pilsner, and it's extremely delicious. Round, smooth, clean, refreshing finish. It's very good. Crisp. I think it was about yeah. four and a half percent uh, ABV. Yeah, it's got a ton of flavor, easy drinking. So this is great for a nice sunny day like today. So, yeah. so mine is not the flagship IPA. This is the green. Uh, now, I, now I'm forgetting there were so many IPAs. <laughs> I was looking up there. I was like a kid in a candy store. Uh, but it's the green something, green dragon, I think. Uh, and they use some very interesting and different hops. And one of the great things about other half here is on their menu board, it tells you right on the menu what hops they use yeah, on each cool. one. And so this one has that sort of experimental IPA flavor to it. Uh, it is a little bit pine cone but there's a nice hazy balance to it as well. So it, uh, it really, while it leaves you a little bit of that taste, it's not overwhelming and it doesn't make you feel like you need to like pick the pine cone needles out of your, uh, out of your teeth when you're done. I like it because it manages to be refreshing and pretty dank at the same time, which is not always something you find both of those in one uh, in one be beer, especially in IPA. Usually, it's either one or the other. But I'm getting real uh, citrus and pine notes on this, and you know, it feels like sort of grapefruit. But you know that smell that those bushes uh, give off that your grandmother used to have uh, uh, lining her sidewalk at her house that were like um, they just had that real. Not juniper, but that real sort of like sage sort of uh, pine sort of smell. A little bit of that, oh, a little yeah, bit yeah. of that vibe to this as yeah, well. Sure. And uh, it's actually very pleasant. I don't, I don't think this would be Ian's favorite IPA, but I do think he would appreciate the balance. Okay, yeah. If you're going to lean towards the uh, pine cone side. So. Yeah, this definitely isn't a place for Ian. No, definitely. this, <laughs> is, this is an IPA lover's place, and so I'm thrilled to be here and sure. plan to work my way through as much of the menu as I can uh, as I can yeah, handle, so. uh, here. But Other Half Brewing made a pretty good name for themselves across the country, uh, primarily with IPAs, and I can definitely see that. Yeah, they had it from all around the world. They had West Coast IPA, they had the East Coast IPA. Yeah. They're doing it all, so it's really cool. Doing hazies, doing... Yeah, uh, they're going to do doing, it, do it all. They have a sour IPA on the menu, yeah, yeah. and... Uh, and what looked like a really interesting smoothie sour, too, based on the uh, ingredients. So, yeah. uh, so nice, full, fleshed-out menu, some merch if you become a fan after yeah. drinking the beers, and a great little uh, tap room. In fact, that looks like an old boxcar that's been converted into part of the tap yeah, room. Yeah, we're under this huge deck right now. As you can tell, they really took their time to put a quality deck out here. Got good wood tables and everything, so yeah. So we encourage you to visit other half. In fact, at this point in the D.C. area, you can come visit different brewery every day you'd be here for months so yeah, yeah. that sounds like a plan to me right. uh so uh, recording live for smoking and toasting adam cheers cheers all right that was great fun i uh it was it was fun to drink with adam again it had been a little while you know since hey, he adam's getting kind of good at this he is kind of good at this too yeah don't you think yeah. yeah it does however make me want to drink beer well i think you should drink beer i i I still think drinking is cool. So, by the way, what we're talking about beer and breweries, I got to give huge props to one of our favorite locals here in the greater Houston area, Eureka Heights, because they are jumping in to uh, help save um, or help um, mitigate uh, Houston's big stray animal crisis. And I've always had a soft spot for anybody who does 
charitable things that benefit animals or the SPCA. Eureka Heights Brewery is unveiling their newest craft beer, My Own Best Friend. They did this at a launch party uh, last Saturday. And all Saturday proceeds there were donated to the Houston Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, which is, a, of course, a leading the SPCA, a leading animal welfare uh, uh, organization and shelter uh, here in Houston. After Saturday, the Houston SPCA uh, will receive a dollar for every pint and a dollar for every six pack sold. So nice. Uh, so he's. Uh, oh yes, uh, with the beer. So that's uh, congratulations to Eureka Heights, and uh, off we go. So. Good stuff. I'm going to have to go try some of that beer. In the meantime, though, we're trying uh, beer here from another brewery that is uh, close to us geographically. They're in Webster, Texas. It is the brewery called Saloon Door. And you said you've, you've so been So if there. you were to drive basically from your house, which mm-hmm. is, is right downtown, right. to this brewery, mm-hmm. uh, and there was no traffic on the road, yeah. which is a Houston impossibility. Right. But, I mean, let's pretend that there's no traffic. It would take okay. you about 20 to 25 minutes to get okay. there. So it's not that far so, away. So understanding that the rest of the country doesn't understand the distances that we deal with here in Houston, right. that's right next door, basically. <laughs> Essentially, yes. Yeah, you can drive for an hour and still be in Houston. <laughs> yes. That's no, true. No yeah. joke. Yeah. Uh, so uh, the brewery, uh, Saloon Door Brewing, is uh, right off NASA Road 1, Mm-hmm. Uh, right at the intersection, basically, where NASA Road 1 hits uh, I-45. So if you're ever heading down to Galveston, you're driving down 45, because uh, I'm not sure which other, I mean, I guess, what other direction would you come from? You, you have to be that, yes. But, um, yeah, stop there and have a beer. It's a cool little place in a little industrial park. This is the Kima Suprema. If you were to drive from Saloon Door to Kima, it will take you about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's close uh, by. Kima is a cool little area. Yeah, they've got the uh, boardwalk there. They've got yeah, some nice they got rides. Uh, they got ocean entertainment, stuff. Yeah. music, all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff. They're yeah. having a beer festival coming up. Uh, did they do that already, or is it I coming think, up this next I week? I think it's coming up uh, soon. Yeah, show, it's coming up Show soon. that can, though. It's got this, uh, this really can great is called the neon kind of the neon kind of face on it. And this is a lager. They call it a Texas lager, which now when you say Texas lager, I immediately think Lone Star. I don't know why. That's just what I think of. You know, it's like if you're going to describe it as being a Texas lager, then Lone Star is the first thing I think of. So I've not had this. So we'll see how it how it stacks up. Oh, come on. Mm. This is so good. It really is. Like, and it is. A, I love the malt forwardness of this immediately. It is a little bit Lone Starish, but way more flavor. I love the malt forwardness. I mm-hmm. love the. Mm. When I think Texas Lager, I think Lone Star is a good good example because um, it is generally a little. It's a light, lighter flavored beer overall, but it's generally. Um, a little more malt forward and not real hoppy on the tail end. So I think when you get Texas lager, you don't get a lot of hop on the back end. This is super crisp on the finish. The Tex from 8th Wonder is also Mm -hmm. like that. It's not real hoppy on the back end. It's real malt forward. This is fantastic. Yeah, it really is. This is not only thirst quenching, but it's very, very flavorful up front. Like you said, the malt on the front is really, really forward, and it and it totally works. Texas like Lager, not to be confer- not to be confused with uh, Texas Leaguer. That is actually that's a, different a completely brewery. different thing. Yes, no, but this has got really great. It, it also tastes a lot like beer. Says you know the what I mean when I say that. Draw in the West, yeah, at four point seven percent alcohol, so crushable. But you understand, I, you understand. Oh, I see what's happening. You got the chemo boardwalk on this. Yeah. So that's where you get. Uh, okay. 
That's pretty cool. Do you understand what I mean, though, when I say it, it tastes like beer? Yeah, it's a it's very kind of, classic It's a very beer-flavored beer, beer, you know? Flavored beer, yes, agreed. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but highly enjoyable. That's one to grab a six-pack of, for sure. I'll be uh, I'll be buying this. Like this is going to go into my um this is going to go into my uh, uh my stable of beers that I buy like Tex, like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. like Scout uh and a few of others you like know, that. They're just so nice and we, crushable and easy to drink. We talked about this you know a year and a half ago that we were going to be going through a a real pilsner and lager revolution in the craft brewing industry and i would say that since that time in the year and a half or so that's gone by we have tried some really outstanding beers of these styles i mean the craft breweries have really worked on one that you brought in yes remember that that was from uh uh, untitled art uh it was really quite good so there's there's so much great work going on at craft breweries and remember lagers and pilsners are more difficult to brew. They take longer, and they're more difficult to brew than ales. Now, I'm but a big fan of ales, but wow. Yeah, but it's 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 with a lager. First off, the, the term lager means to store. You, it takes mm-hmm. longer to turn that beer around. So it costs them more to make the beer because they don't right. get to turn around as fast. And yet it's often thought of as a more common beer style rather than Well, because the, big, the biggest, uh, the, the macro brews always have a lager. You know, right, right, and it's the, always their kind of flagship brand yeah. is almost always a lager. But yeah, it, it's uh, I, I'm telling you though, this is this is a really good beer, a really good. There's beer. a uh, we need to get around to the lager beer from uh, from uh, Equal Parts. They have one called Lager Beer, Lager Beer, and it is so good. Okay, well, yeah, it's, it's like this. Like yeah. there's so many good ones out there right now. All right, we got to, we got some good things to try still to come on this program. As a matter of fact, we're going to try the foundation. Hazy IPA nice. from Brewdog, and then of course the Tin Fitty Imperial Stout Fitty. from uh, Oscar Blues. That's pretty classic. Yeah, yeah, pretty good stuff. So all of that to come. Plus, we'll be tasting some rum. Uh, drinking news is on the way. Nice, and Ryan. We will. Uh, yes, uh, and we will also be uh, uh, talking to you about why alcohol is no longer cool, according to some. I can't. I can't get on board with that. Be right back. It's smoking anymore. and toasting. What is happening here? Smoking and toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. This is show number 296. Halfway to 333. And uh, we've talked about this in the past couple of shows, but you are listening to and watching a program right now that is in the top 4% of all podcasts in the world. I need one of those little, like, popper things, you know? Maybe you could do us a top 4% song. (laughs) That'd be pretty cool, right? We're in the top four. (laughs) Why are there so many podcasts that go away? We're just, in the top I feel top like I'm getting 4%. Kermit the Frog. Dude. Yeah, it is you very, actually have a little bit yeah, of a Kermit the Frog thanks, voice going on thank there. Thank you. I was I was kind of half trying. So, <laughs> so all right. We're going to uh, taste a little uh, Brewdog Hazy IPA while Ian pours that. Let me tell you about some cigars to watch for now that are headed uh, to retailers or already uh, just arriving at retailers. I, I feel really? like you, you didn't say that with the best possible way. The cigars to watch for. 
Yeah. Right now. Right now. I'm really excited about this one, I have to say. a little bit of that clickbaitiness, right? Maybe. Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right. And I'm excited about this one, so I really should clickbait. You know, I really should pump this one up. Uh, Dominican cigar maker Casada Cigars has a pair of new releases that have just begun shipping to retailers. The seasonal Oktoberfest 2022 Ooh. edition and the Casa Magna Connecticut. Uh, the... Uh, Oktoberfest uh, cigar is blended to be paired with the kind of malty, hoppy beers that they pour at Germany's uh, famed festival. Oktoberfest 2022 comes in three sizes. The hefty Uber, which is not about ride sharing. I love that uh, one, actually. Which, it looks like a club. Yeah, it's 6 by 65 It's yeah. huge, yeah. Uh, the 6 by 52 torpedo called Das Boot and Bavarian at 55 by 52 Oktoberfest is made with all Dominican tobacco except for the wrapper, which is Mexican San Andreas. And a total of 800 boxes of each size will be produced for the U.S. market, each containing 10 cigars. So it's not a lot of cigars, which is why these become rare and more difficult difficult to find over time. Yeah. So uh, I'm a big fan of these. In fact, before I became a, a an H.A. Fernandez fanboy, I would have told you Oktoberfest uh, was probably that one of 2016, my absolute favorite cigars, especially the 2016. The 2016 yes. was the bomb. That was the year before mm-hmm. they changed to the white label. Right, right. Um, and now where the cover leaf for Oktoberfest is dark, uh, the second release from Casada, which is the Casa Magna Connecticut, features a much lighter wrapper. It's a Connecticut, Connecticut seed leaf grown in Ecuador, intended to be the mildest of the Casa Magna series. Uh, it is still a medium-bodied cigar and still made with Nicaraguan binders and fillers. Uh, three sizes for that cigar as well. And both Casa Magna Connecticut and Oktoberfest are produced at Casada's factory in the Dominican Republic. Now. Here is a great example of not the the best timing, right? Boutique brand owner Robert Caldwell yeah. is releasing a new line of cigars called, and I'm not kidding, Long Live the Queen. Oh. oh. Well, I, you know. Yeah. It's, you it's know, still a thing, I, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like. <laughs> In, in retro, long live the queen. Yes, you know. yes. It's just the timing was just yeah. That could, couldn't have been could, could have been much worse. Uh, anyway, it's a regular production line of smokes that he says has been aging for the better part of a year after rolling, and uh, he expects them to begin shipping in October. They're made in the Dominican Republic. Long live the queen is rolled at the uh, El Maestro factory, a smaller factory owned by William Ventura. It is a four-country blend with a Cameroon cover leaf, a Sumatra binder grown in Indonesia, and a mix of, a mix of Dominican and Nicaraguan fillers, so you might be on the lookout for those. And Placencia Cigars, a world-leading premium tobacco grower established Mm -hmm. in 1865 has announced that the Placencia Alma Fuerte Colorado Claro Eduardo is now shipping to retailers. It is available in a Toro box press, six and a quarter by 54. uh, And the Vitola named uh, Eduardo is in dedication to the very first generation of the Placencia tobacco family. So apparently Eduardo uh, goes back to Eduardo Placencia, who took a major risk by crossing the Atlantic Ocean to start farming tobacco in a far away.
faraway land, according to Nestor uh, Placentia, without Eduardo, there would be no Placentia tobacco wow. family. So um, the Almafuertes always been a great Almafuertes line. Almafuertes are fantastic. Great line the of cigars. Almafuego so, is also yeah, quite yeah. good. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about this. comes in a 10-count box, and the MSRP on this cigar is $20.60. Doesn't surprise me, man. Yeah. I will tell you, uh, the, the Almafuerte is $20. Yeah. 18 to, so this is right in there with 22 And I'll pay it. It's they're, worth it. They're yeah. so good. And if you find the octagon one, yeah, the weird octagon press. Uh-huh. I know. It's so very cool. if if anyone out there doesn't know much about cigars, a box press is your cigar generally being pressed into the shape of a box. Sometimes, yeah, like a, a rectangular. Most of the time, or, it's or a square. rectangular yeah. box. Right. Uh, instead of being round and cylindrical, it's more box shaped to the end. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the octagon is is pressed into eight sides. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Fantastic cigars, all of them. So I'm looking forward to that Placencia. I'm looking forward to drinking this beer. I just uh, oh, I just took in late the to the party of sir. this, and I'm loving well, this. Fashionably late like, though, because you know this is like a a citrus um, uh, orange juice. Uh, so on the nose, big time. I don't know if you know this about Brewdog, but Brewdog mm-hmm. makes badass IPAs. Brewdog is kind of like, especially since um, since uh, one of my favoriteest IPA companies has sold out stone yeah yeah sold out i i think that that these are these guys are the new champion of the ipa in my eye because we've had like think about elvis juice it's so good yeah uh and i'm not even a big fan of the ipas overall like i like them enough, but it's not your favorite style though it's just not my favorite style yeah. uh if you for put, me i'm an ipa guy so i, I want to try every ipa in the world right so for me i will try everything else that a brewery has which is usually one or two things and then I go to IPAs after that. But, but dude, this is really This is really, really, really solid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's 5% straight and, up. It's uh, I don't know that it tastes completely elven, but well, uh, yeah. but it does. I kept calling this foundation, but it's actually fellowship. It's, uh, yeah, it's fellowship. fellowship so I, but, I mean, here's the thing. I feel like this would be, if this was elven at all, it would be the Western Elves because I feel like they would be more like the brighter, hoppier uh, The brighter, hoppier style, Elves? Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, wouldn't it be great if there were elves? Because the Merkwood elves are a little more serious, you know what I mean? I feel like they'd be a little more about like an ale or, you know. But wouldn't it be great if they they actually had elves that were like, instead of pointed ears, they had hops for ears? And you could like harvest the hops and make beer with them? That'd be awesome. (laughs) There you go. Mm. You missed your calling. You need no, to be I've, an artist. No, I've never done drugs. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Look man, what I got here for you, that's, buddy. That's a good beer. It's so it does good. say Lord of the Rings right there on yeah, the Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. So there's no way they and could have used that without it. And it's got the inscription inside the one ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. In, in, uh, in Old Elven. I'm, I'm, I'm digging it. No, I'm an IPA guy, but I'm digging this. this is, no, this uh, is fantastic. This It's got a little bit of a pineapple to it mm-hmm. as well, uh. It's just, orange juice on the nose and pineapple in the finish. It's a, it's really interesting. It doesn't say much about the beer itself, um, other than five percent hazy uh, IPA. It's really. It, it should just say that it's delicious because that's what it is. This, we need to start our own brewery. Yeah. And just call it beer delicious. Yeah, beer good. Beer good. <laughs> we that could be. That and then be. and then when we barrel age. That beer, it'll be called beer better. Yeah, and, and then when you <laughs> or put gooder. Your, or, yeah, or even beer more gooder. good, uh, more gooder, gooderer. <laughs> I like that. We we have a plan. We have a marketing plan now. All right, we're going to take a break, and we will be back when we return. We're going to talk about it finally, ladies and gentlemen. It's been proclaimed that drinking has lost its cool. 
Uh, I'm feeling pretty cool right now drinking, so we'll see if we can challenge that coming up. All right. Smoking and toasting. Welcome back into Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We're on show number 296. And today, we want to talk about the fact that uh, drinking just ain't as cool as it used to be. According to, and it's a pretty reliable, um, pretty reliable website. I don't know if you're familiar with Vice. Uh, but they saying do. drinking has gone the way of the old gray mare? Well, apparently so. So if you're over the age of 25, the article says... You probably remember the very catchy and silly opening lines of the song TikTok by Kesha, which said basically, you know, grab my glasses out the door, going to hit this city. But before I leave, brush my teeth with a bottle of Jack, because uh, when I leave for the night, I ain't coming back. And then, uh, you know, there were plenty of other songs in that era about, you know, doing a lot of drinking. In fact, Rihanna rounded out that decade. By releasing Cheers, I'll drink to that. It was 2010, mm-hmm. right? So over 10 years have passed since then. And if you look around you, according to this article, booze has all but dried up. According to a 2022 survey from DrinkAware, 26% of 16 to 24-year-olds in the UK are now, and I'm using their word in quotes here, fully teetotal, end quote. In August, a report from Cam and Lucky Saint found that almost a third of all pub visits are now alcohol-free. I have a hard time believing that, but this is what they're reporting. Uh, They say also it isn't a new or sudden shift. The non-alcoholic beverages market has grown by over 506% since 2015. And Google searches for sober curious peaked in 2021 following the pandemic. Stories about Gen Z and even millennials becoming sick of drinking have barely left the news cycle. He said sick of drinking. We could sit and spend hours uh, theorizing, they say, about why people, including younger people in the UK, aren't mainlining booze like they used to. Most likely because they're overworked and underpaid. They don't have time for hangovers. Uh, But once you notice it, they say it's inescapable. So... I want to. I want to. Has drinking really lost its cool? Now, I thought when we got into this article, it was going to posit that drinking had lost its cool because smoking cannabis has become so cool since it's become legal in in you know so many states and so many countries. And I will tell you, as somebody who's been very recently into a store in a place where it's legal, I mean, they do make it out. To be pretty cool. I mean, if you go to MedMen in Los Angeles, it's like the <laughs> Apple store of weed. Right. I mean, it really is. Like it's it's amazing how they've got it all set up and how they describe what the different strains are are like and what they, you know, what kind of a, a sensation they induce and all of that. It's it's much like going to a really cool brewery like other half that we went to where they've got everything up on the board and they're talking about what hops they use and right, right. all that kind of stuff. But uh, I was wondering if that was what this is all about. The article seems to say that seems to imply that more people just aren't drinking at all. And, and I think I, I think there's a health conscious movement um going on and I think that's, you know, a good thing actually, but mm-hmm. uh but it sounds to me a little exaggerated. Like you can you can take anything and and make it uh, you know, a news story and, and studies True. show. And I mean, studies show you should drink a lot of water. Studies yeah. also show that too much water will kill you. And um, and so it really kind of like, and that's that's a blatantly obvious way of putting it. But the truth is, 
you look at the right study, it says the thing that you want it to say. Right, right. You know, I mean, look around you. Are you seeing less and less people drinking? I see I see uh, people who are in a, a in a health movement a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But then again, those same people a lot of times are drinking kombucha, which can have alcohol in it. Yes, can. Well, it, um, it's just interesting to me because um, it's always kind of been true that each generation does not want to do the same drugs their parents did. And drinking was really kind of a big thing for the generation that we're in and maybe the generation just beneath us. So maybe this is, you know, Gen Z kind of saying we want to we want to chart our own path. Maybe. I don't know. It could maybe. Be. I, I don't put a lot of stock in that. Yeah. You know, I mean, and it's all it's all UK, too. And you can have regional trends, too. Well, that's so true. It could be a UK specific thing, you know. Right. And it, although the UK trend wise is often ahead of the United States when it Can comes be, to yeah. when it comes to uh, trendy things, at least, so I, I don't know. Very interesting. I I really think that some of it has to do with cost. You know, when you uh, you know when we first started this show, I could get a bottle of my second favorite tequila for thirty two dollars. Yeah. That bottle is almost one hundred dollars now, crazy. and that's nuts, right? So uh, the fact, and so many things have gone up in that same way, and even beer. You as can you look still through- get Isle of Fiji rum for under thirty dollars, yeah, and it's really, really so good. good. I had it's some the other really, night. Really good. Speaking of rum, we have a rum to try in this uh, segment, and it's what's sitting here in this very so interesting triangular shaped bottle. I'm, I'm, I'm given to notice that you have actually gone through the pains of removing mm-hmm. any uh, potential. Um, finger slicing or well, abrading plastic from yes. the top. Yeah, I figured it was very important with this bottle, given its unusual shape, that it might right. be able and this, to, this unusual to cause shape, right. a lot of uh, a lot of finger harm if if we didn't uh, you know clear it. And I also cleared the neck too because you wouldn't want to spill out of that bottle because that's just that's a lot. No, I mean it's not that it's out. perfectly shaped for pouring exactly like this. <laughs> Without, <laughs> yeah. it's it's perfectly shaped for pouring a little heavy. I'm gonna give that one to you. Cause... One has to be careful. I know where you're going with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I look. This is just me. It's part of the research I do before the show every week. I always get you know, I always figure out drinking news. I always figure out you know topics that we can talk about, and I always try to clear the plastic you're, if you're I can. A man of quality control. Yeah, that's exactly how I'd put it. <laughs> That's the. <laughs> That's exactly how I'd put it. So hopefully we're controlling some good quality here. So today. Uh, I, you know, so I'm doing the pouring here, and you're oh. doing the talking, and, and but I did you've already tried too. this. So this is. <laughs> I have, I have, but I'm really curious to see what you think of this. It smells really good. Like I can smell it when I open it. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a. Uh, there's, there's that. Uh, so it's aged uh, seven years in oak barrels. Seven years for rum is actually a very long time. There's that little bit of uh, like that cane sugar, that raw cane mm-hmm. sugar flavor, which is so nice to smell. And you can pick up some of the maple too on the nose. Um, there's uh, there's definitely that oaky astringency in there. Yep, yep. Vanilla too. Van- there's a little vanilla kind of thing going on that I'm not used to in in rum at all. Like, well, there's the a big little heavy in some, vanilla in some rums in that. Uh, um, uh, Florida Kanye 25, there was a, a bit of vanilla. Yeah. I mean, the aged one. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's polarizing. Okay, there's a little chocolate in the back of that. Yes, there is. What is going on there? Um, okay. Oh. And like, uh, like, oh, the retrohale is amazing. Yes, sir. 
Like there's like like brown sugar and brown sugar, a little bit of cinnamon. When I say brown sugar, I mean like like the song, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just brown sugar. It's like the song. That's awesome. Brown sugar. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, it's got this super like okay. So a lot of a lot of um, a lot of liquors in general have a very minerally taste, especially in the aftertaste. This mm-hmm. minerality in this is right up front in the palate. Mm-hmm. It's it's totally backwards. Um, the vanilla it and oiliness, man. It's oily. It coats the whole mouth. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the best rums. Oaky. It's one of the best rums I've tried in a long time. There's a there's a sharpness to the flavor, mm-hmm. uh, and 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 in the weirdest way to describe it, like a sharp cheese has a sharpness to a flavor, but it's not cheesy. It doesn't taste right. cheesy, but it but has there's a that, certain crispness. There's a certain sharpness in the very center of the palate that really, really gets your attention, and it the sharpness ramps up from the from the minerality, and then leaves mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. with that that dark like. Dark, heavy, uh, like burnt caramel kind burnt of thing caramel, going on. Bitter chocolate, uh, yeah, yeah chocolate. Vibe. I can't believe the chocolate in this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D- and definitely a dark bitter chocolate. So, are, are you familiar with the retro hail? Mm-hmm. Take your sip of your. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to the uh, producers now. Take a sip of the whiskey. Just there, the sip of the whiskey. The uh, the, the rum, the rum mm-hmm. and then take a super gentle breath out of your nose after you swallow. Super gentle. You're gonna pick up that brown sugar flavor. It's huge when you do that. Yeah, the retrohale. And anytime you have a liquor, the retrohale is a great way to taste some alternate flavors that you may not get uh, normally. Mm. I absolutely that love is, this. That re- it's so delicious. It's outstanding. Yeah, the retrohale is like vanilla and brown sugar. And maybe even a little bit of cinnamon in there, kind of thing. There's there's a lot going it's, on. The, in this. It's very very busy. I agree. I love and that I love bright it. minerality right up front too. Mm-hmm. That is polarizing. It's very very so uh, star very, very star oak aged. So in, it's from Mauritius. Mauritius is an island off of Africa. I see. There's a there's a little map. Mm-hmm. Like like and then the treasure is like right there. <laughs> right? Apparently, so uh, uh, still bottle on the, the island of Meritus. Uh, oh, Mauritius, Mauritius, I think. Uh, more Mauritius. That's so they have the, oh, they have the pronunciation right there. Mauritius. Okay. M a u r i t i u s. Mauritius, a star of Africa. Star. Uh, well, this is with two R's. Is unique among the great rums of the world. Star's unexpected flavor originates in islands rich volcanic soil, mm-hmm. and reflects the vivacity. Oh, that's the brightness. That volcanic yeah. soil. That's what and we get. Like the really... Florida Cana too. Is, uh-huh. It has that kind has, of thing. It has very much. Yeah. Um, the the uh, volcanic soil and reflects its rich vivacity of its uh, African roots, handcrafted and aged to perfection in oak barrels for up to seven years. Mm. Star's ritual flavor features vanilla, caramel, nutmeg, cinnamon. Oh, nailed it on a cinnamon, didn't I? Uh, awesome. Star's bold character possesses an unmistakable jeu de vie, uh captured here. And I, I don't know if I said that right, but. I, I did the best. Uh, captured here in our exclusive bottle, custom made by the master craftsman of South. Uh, Africa. Enjoy it neat over ice or uh, in one of Star Oak Age Rum's exquisite cocktails. Just so good. It's really I can't good. even imagine putting that in a cocktail. It's just so good by itself. And you know, I would actually like to, in in the uh, following the ways of whiskey, I'd love to try it with an ice cube too. 
I would just to see what that would do to it. You know? We need, you know what? We need to have a nice tray in your freezer in here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in the work freezer. I'm kind of with you on that. Got to remember that. It. This you is good. Get ice trays that make like the little tiny ice balls. Too. This is good. By the way, fifty bucks. Really? Yeah. I I am blown away by this. This yeah. is this is stellar at fifty bucks. Definitely the best rum we've had in a while. Maybe since. Some of the plantation rums mm. or some of the Florida Kanye uh, 25. So it's plantation rums. Man, I love that. But I'd love to get uh, our friend Docs from Plantation, love to get him to taste this. I'd love to Right hear, in the middle of it, too. It. Right in the middle of that brightness, there's a mm-hmm. little, little tiny, tiny bit of funk. Like it's mm-hmm. just, it's way back there. You, after you taste it a few times, you kind of start comparing Absolutely. It Absolutely. It's good stuff. All right, we're going to take a break. We will be back with drinking news and more, including uh, Tin Fitty, by the way. We will be tasting some Imperial Stout. If drinking isn't cool anymore, does that mean drinking news is not cool anymore? Drinking news was never cool. (laughs) So that we don't have to worry about. We're making it cool. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We and are this freaking to- rum. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. <laughs> I'm so glad you like that because uh, I, obviously I had uh, tasted it. I couldn't uh, you know, There's couldn't a little tobacco kind of flavor uh-huh. in it, too. Like yes, there is. There's a slight tobacconess to it. That- well, I couldn't hold back when I was you know, doing the public service of clearing the neck and the plastic <laughs> from the, around the top of the bottle. I said, like, well, I'm here. I might as well. All right, right. And uh, no, boy, I, I absolutely love it. I think it's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you agree, my friend. I'm glad you agree. Well, the time has come, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we can't put it off any longer, although we probably should. It's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Drinking News, Drinking News. Now it's time for Drinking News. Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. When asked about his absent arm, he said, uh, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. <laughs> well, welcome to drinking news for show number 296 here at drinking news. We have always wondered exactly what doctors and pharmaceutical manufacturers were talking about on the instructions that come with some drugs. I understand that certain prescriptions may make you drowsy or even a little woozy or buzzed sometimes. Uh, So with those, it does make sense that the directions tell you not to drive after taking them, right? But the line that always kind of gets me is when they tell you not to operate heavy machinery. Like, who's taking a Xanax and then driving a dump truck or a road grader around town, right? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it seems a little far-fetched, but then again... I don't live in Florida. <laughs> drinking news, drinking <laughs> news. Now it's time for drinking news. A homeless Florida man who may or may not have been under the influence of intoxicating medicines went joyriding on a piece of stolen construction equipment last week and caused more than $10,000 in damages, according to authorities. Dang. Deputies located 56-year-old Randy Lee Wheeland, 
in the process of operating a $60,000 JLG lull around 8 a.m. Oh, on the that, sidewalk that's, that's of Ocean Shore huh? Boulevard in Beverly Beach. Why yeah. do I know that? Oh, my According God. According to the County Sheriff's Office. Yeah. And I was just going to explain. <laughs> Why do I know that? The JLG Lull is one of those <laughs> monster machines for heavy lifting, like a really oversized forklift, basically. It's got the two huge prongs on the front that could lift a car off the ground or something with no problem. Uh, Sheriff Rick Staley said, this man decided to go on a joyride with a large piece of construction equipment, and he would have caused more damage if he were not stopped and apprehended by deputies. Which reminds me of, and I would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you meddling <laughs> kids. Meddling kids. Yeah. Uh, invest- did, it, did it start at an abandoned uh, yeah. theme park or <laughs> yes, something? It, <laughs> it should have. It should have. Investigators determined that Whelan stole the heavy machinery from a construction site and drove it two and a half miles to Beverly Beach. Along- now, now, hold on a second. Let's talk about the word stolen, okay? Okay. Because it, it's likely that he may have borrowed without license. Oh, yes. But then the cops apprehended him and didn't give him a chance to bring it back you mm-hmm, see mm-hmm. you're saying he was just a borrower uh, it could be you know i'm just, I'm just saying we well, don't know all the facts here's the problem he drove it two and a half miles to beverly beach and along the way deputy said he ran over two fire hydrants <laughs> a charter communications fiber node <laughs> several resident mailboxes and literally broke a number of sections of the public sidewalk. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So that's why it wasn't just a borrow and bring back. So he wasn't just situation. driving it down the road, so to speak. Nope. nope. He was driving it wherever he pleased. Uh, Staley described the vagrant driver as a, quote, career criminal, end quote, who apparently has three felony convictions in Pennsylvania and eight other felony convictions elsewhere in Florida. Because, of course, he does. <laughs> well, <laughs> For a homeless guy, though, Whelan seems to stay pretty busy. His convictions include criminal mischief, burglary, public drunkenness, grand theft auto, boating under the influence, battery on a law enforcement officer, impersonating a law enforcement officer. I, I am Officer Forklift. You will obey me. Uh, battery on a person over 65. That's not good. No, uh, that's jacked up. Exploitation of elderly for less than $20,000 and weapons charges, among others. Though That isn't even all of them. <laughs> Uh, this, this guy, yeah, this guy doesn't let a lot of grass grow yeah. under his feet, under his homeless feet. Yeah, that's right. How do, oh, my question is, because he's, <laughs> he's homeless. How does he get boating? Uh, exactly. Yeah, how, do you go, how do you get if a you're homeless, boating? How do you go boating without a license? Yeah, exactly. I mean, most people that have boats have homes. Some right. people that have boats, the boat is their own. Right, Exactly. His uh, home is apparently one of those shopping carts. His home from, is uh, wherever he makes shop. it, yeah. my friend. Uh, well, he can now add grand theft, theft from a construction site, felony criminal mischief, and trespass on a construction site onto his resume, which, again, is pretty long considering he's not only homeless but unemployed. So uh, uh, he currently is being held in a Florida detention facility on a $12,500 bond. So so he's got three hots on a cot now. Yeah, basically. There you go. Uh, I have never driven a JLG. Or bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Yeah, with expired the, the, the stale bologna. The bologna sandwich is real. Yeah. <laughs> Don't ask I, me how I know I've this. never driven a JLG lull, but I did 
drive a dump truck one time when I was a teenager. It's a true story. I had a summer job helping clean up a building that was under construction, you know, mostly just sweeping and carrying out trash to uh, the, the dump truck and wood and remnants and stuff like that. And one day the dump truck was full, and the foreman just tossed me the keys and told me to drive it to the dump and dump it. And uh, I mean, but that was exciting. I was too embarrassed to tell him that I didn't know the first thing about operating a dump truck. So I got in it and drove it to the dump. And and I'll tell you, I, I was terrified the whole time. I was absolutely petrified. I was stone cold sober, <laughs> but I'd never driven anything larger than a Toyota Corolla at the time. And I was pretty sure I was going to wind big up. Jump. I was pretty sure that I was going to wind up leaving a path of destruction in my. I mean, way. you must have felt you were driving a tower, like a whole uh, yeah. building around. Absolutely, it was. It was the most like horrifying, frightening, and powerful feeling oh, yeah. all at the same time. Right. <laughs> Ultimately, I did make it to the dump, and I actually figured out how to operate the dumping mechanism, which I was I was really proud of myself because. This was well before you could just whip out your phone and watch a YouTube video about how to operate a dump truck, right? I swear you can learn how to do pretty much anything on YouTube. Anyway, I thought that I was pretty badass after that, although I uh, did wind up finding out that girls are not really all that impressed when I dropped the line, I know how to operate a dump truck. Uh, yeah. It may work for some guys, but it didn't really work for me. So reporting live from Florida, where I've got my eye on a backhoe that might be fun to take for a little spin. <laughs> I said backhoe. My name is Cruz, and that is your drinking news. Drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. You know, one of the ongoing things about drinking news uh, that I'm thinking is that we should hold like bets. Like, like if you've tuned into the show for a week, like, is it going to be a week where there's a really good drinking news? Or one that doesn't quite like live up to the you know because because some are better than others. Also, all the the percentage of a Florida man starts. Yes, I know. I mean, it's it's, high. it's unusually high. Like, I wonder what the Vegas odds would I'm be. I'm pretty that sure the next we had a man from would... London. Yeah, yeah. We've had several. We uh, had we had Louisiana. We had Texas. We had quite a few other things, mm -hmm. but a Florida man seems to pop up more I'm often telling than you, most. There, there's a reason that Florida man is the meme and the whole. There's a whole website yeah. dedicated to that. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, you know, it stays it updates pretty often. Now, I'll go to those websites looking for stories for drinking news, and sometimes there's not really anything funny about it. It's like a Florida man did something really terrible or you know whatever. Like so I'm always looking for the humor whenever I can find it, and some weeks are just more humorous than others. And that's the way it goes. Hey, while you pour that, I want to tell you about EP Carrillo. They are going green with their new Allegiance line. They previewed it at the PCA trade show in July. And now the blended box are finalized, but samples uh, back at the trade show only had white bands. Now the artwork is near completion and the new design is green. The box is green and the uh, label, the band on it is, is green. So similar to the pattern and motif found on the Pledge and Encore brands, uh, both of which were cigar of the year. Uh, the Allegiance bands have a green color scheme and a secondary band, which uh, denotes the whole Allegiance line. The green came because of the association with nature and particularly tobacco leaves, they say. We even tried to get the green as close as we could to the tone of the tobacco in the fields. Nice. So, yeah, very cool. I mentioned that because I really like E.P. Carrillo. I, I got to tell you, I, very I, so awesome there's, a few, there's a few cigar, uh, cigar brands out there that whatever they come out with, I will try because mm -hmm. I just... The brands are so good. EPC mm -hmm. is one hundred percent one of those brands. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Valdez, uh, 
all these there's some of these guys that are just so good speaking of That's which so oscar blues beer mm-hmm. now i don't know if you know this they also have a bicycle company oscar blues bicycle company it's called reeb reeb okay which of course is beer backwards i love that and they make outstanding bicycles now we're not talking about bicycles like a couple hundred bucks at walmart bicycles right, right. these bicycles are starting in the multiple thousands range so they're really but, but they are fantastic yeah, really really uh kind of like high-end craft, craft bicycles yes high-end bicycles like uh fantastic so definitely worth a look if you're into that sort of thing oscar blues 10 fitty you know why it's called 10 fitty tell me because it's 10.5 percent that's why <laughs> that makes sense it is, it is no joke it's also really delicious um it's it's got a little bit of chocolate on the uh, on the beginning, yeah. If, and, and then there's a a really dark black coffee. A dark yeah, if you black don't like the, chocolate and coffee, do not buy this beer. <laughs> but it's also uh, like it sounds like that. It's got this really nice um, chocolatey sweetness right at the very beginning of it, and then it goes into that coffee bitter, and it mm-hmm. flushes out a lot of that sweetness. Yep. So you don't end up with a sticky mouth kind of feel. Absolutely. Like it's, it's not a it's not a overly big, sweet beer. Yeah, it's not a big mouth feel, and for uh, for ten fifty, in terms of its ten point five percent, it doesn't come off real boozy either. I mean, you can tell that it's not a you know session uh, IPA, yeah, yeah, but yeah. Uh, but it's it's pretty uh, it's pretty drinkable. I believe they think this beer speaks for itself because it just says Imperial Stout. Ten point five percent. That's wow. it. <laughs> it's really good, though. Not I mean, a lot going on on that. You described account. it perfectly. It opens with chocolate, then you get to the center, and there's this dark coffee, uh, bitter uh, dark coffee yeah. taste. And then when that recedes a little bit, you get a little of the chocolate back, but then it's all kind of settling into a balance. My mom uh, and my sister now uh, is kind of taking the banner. They make a uh, a mocha cake. Mm-hmm. And this has because there's also a little of that kind of um, uh, the the, uh, the crust uh, the like yep, cake yep. Um, what's the cake crust kind of not pie crust but you know like that yeah stuff that's in a mocha cake right the cakey part I guess there's a little bit of that kind of taste <laughs> in there as well well it's really really it's, good it's fantastic yeah. it's and it's and it's a very dark and rich mm-hmm. kind of uh, Kind of flavor without being And it too comes sweet. in 12-ounce cans. Uh, often... It comes in a four-pack, yeah. Yeah, often, though, when you get something this this rich and detailed in a stout, you're expecting to see it in only in larger cans or in bombers yeah. or something. And this comes in the four-pack of, uh, of deliciousness. Yeah, uh, Oscar Blues are just... Man, they make so many good beers. Mm-hmm. You know. They really do. Their uh, um, porter is fantastic. And obviously, we've talked There's about Scotch Dale's Ale, Old Pale Chub. Ale. Old Chub is great. Old Chub is mm. Dale's Pale Ale, one of the uh, yeah. all-time great pale ales. Yeah, absolutely. And and what I like about Dale's Pale Ale too is if you go uh, like it's it's ubiquitous enough too because mm-hmm. if you go to uh, House of Blues here in Houston, mm-hmm. um, you can pay eleven dollars for uh, or twelve dollars for a, uh, a Bud Light or a Miller Light can. Mm-hmm. But then sitting next to it, and it's a couple dollars, like $13. It's like $2 more than the other ones. Mm-hmm. But is the giant can of Dale's Pale Ale. Yeah, yeah, that big old like Here's mini keg. Here's the deal. If you're already paying over $10 for one can of beer, mm-hmm. 
Um, you might as well pay the two extra dollars and get Dale's Pale Ale because it's that much better. What's your take on those enormous beers that they sell at some shows? And I see why. I, it's, yeah. it's less people coming back to the bar. Yeah. And frankly, it's two beers. It's a 24-ounce can, so you're getting two beers instead of asking for two beers and then carrying two around. But um, I would rather go back, see, and, and have the cans be shorter but, and because uh, uh, I like my beer cold. Hey, counterpoint. So, I, I agree. Uh, colder beer is good. However, do you really want to leave the show again and then go stand in that line again and everything else? And then, if you buy a decent beer, <clears throat> Dale's Pale Ale or mm -hmm. something along mm -hmm. those lines, if they have a decent beer in a can like that, it still tastes good when it's warm. It's not cold. I get it. I, I, cold beer is nice. I like cold beer. But at least it's not a Bud Light that tastes like... Well, I think we both know where that one's going. Mm, yeah, yeah. Once it gets are, warm, or if the right. if the mountains on the can stop turning blue, right. you, you have a problem. Yeah, <laughs> you know what to do. You, you <laughs> run away. have a problem. <laughs> yeah, run, run away, run fast, run far. Yeah. So, uh, well, yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I they guess need to come I just, out with a vortex can. Remember the Vortex no. bottle? Uh, like, unfortunately, yes. Vortex can a Vortex to can. help it drink smoother. Put a bunch of like little flues inside it or I something. I don't even know what I, I don't even know what I'm saying I, anymore. I, I don't either, but it's it's okay. You know what rocks? Ten fifty. Ten fifty absolutely rocks. And uh, is there any left? Mm-hmm. Because I would like to rock a little. You more rock the ten fifty. Yeah, I think I will. All right, we're gonna uh, take a break. We'll be back to wrap up the show. Thanks for the ten fifty. That that's uh, good stuff. Uh, and what a simple can, too. I think you pointed that out. Yeah, it's just black with gold lettering, and it just has the Oscar blues with the band around it. Doesn't say much. I like it. I like it a lot. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toast. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toastin'. Our show is number 296 on this long journey we have been on. Halfway uh, to 333. And looking forward to it every single time. Uh, so uh, this has been quite a show because this is one of those shows where we have absolutely loved everything. Everything, yeah. We both loved our cigars. Yeah. Both gave our cigars really good uh, reviews. Uh, and then we started with the Kima Suprema, which we love, the uh, Fellowship Hazy IPA, the 1050, and then, of course, the Star 7-Year OK Drum. It's almost like we love everything. You, you know, know we've it, been criticized for loving too much. Well, and uh, you know, I'll go ahead and point out that generally speaking, we're buying the stuff that we're bringing in. Mm -hmm. And I don't usually go to a liquor store and think and to buy myself, something you think you're not. Man, in. what looks like it sucks? Yeah. I want to spend money yeah. on something yeah. that looks like it sucks yeah. and bring it on the show. I want to drop some, you know, serious cash on the Conor McGregor whiskey, whiskey we just have... so we can <laughs> say that it's awful. Yeah. Then what are we going to do with the I'll rest tell of you the about bottle? my friend had some of that. Yeah. Oh man. I, like, I, so I finally tasted it. I couldn't stop finding stuff wrong with it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like it just kept going. How bad do you have to be at making whiskey to make a bad like? Not just not a great yeah. one, but a bad one. Proper twelve, buddy. It's not wow. good. Wow. Um, but anyway, yeah, there's so like in that price range, there's so many better things. But sure, uh, whatever. Yeah. I don't even remember That's where what I was I mean. going. With it well, in, in any case, we've had uh, we've had a good run with today's uh, uh, taste tasting items on the show. Yeah, and, and I, I enjoy when that happens because I like tasting good stuff. That's that's what it's all about, yeah. right? Uh, so we recommend everything for today, very much wholeheartedly, and uh, we appreciate you guys uh, coming in, and being a part of the show with us. And and you know, no matter what they say in articles in the UK, you know, drinking 
can still be cool if you do it responsibly, if you do it with your friends, if you do it in a way that you and it helps you to really enjoy life. That's what it's that's what it's all about to me. Like savoring life is 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 awesome because you know the older you get, the more you realize that even though you may not have as much money as you'd like to have, money's not what you're really short on. What you're really short on is time. Time yeah. time is something that it's important to spend it in a way that that will, you know, enrich your soul. Spend it with friends. Spend it with loved ones. Spend it in quiet, peaceful times. Try to try to get off the, you know, rat race uh, treadmill if you can. Have pour yourself something you really like to drink. Sit back, take it in, light a cigar, enjoy life. That's what it's all about. Smoking and toasting. I don't know where that all came from, but it sounds really darn that good was to beautiful, me. Sir. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad you liked it. <laughs> thank you guys <laughs> for watching beautiful. the show. Show number 296 is in the books, and we will be back as we continue to strive to hold on to our position in the top 4% of all podcasts top in the world. Baby. Yeah. Woo! Top 4! We'll see you next week, my friends, and cheers, uh, y'all. Cheers,